Welcome to the weekly news update for August 13th, 2021. My name is Michael Coombe and on this week's show, a massive $600 million DeFi hack occurred on the Poly Network, which set off an extremely strange, bizarre set of events as the hacker. Is he a white hat hacker? Is he a troll? But he starts returning the stolen funds. So we're going to dive into that today. That's very exciting. So if you're new to this show, we cover all the latest and greatest news that has been popular this week and really dive into those stories. So if you're not subscribed, please go ahead, make sure you subscribe. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. So an overview of the stories we're going to cover this week. Um, the Poly Network hacked for $600 million by a troll or a white hack hacker, you know, you decide. $1.2 trillion bill passes Senate, absolute crazy large amount for a start. Um, and uh, they definitely snuck some, some things that are going to affect a lot of crypto users, builders, miners, validators. We'll be jumping into that story as well. The SEC chairman says Satoshi Nakamoto's innovation is real. And finally, the stock to flow creator Plan B says the bull run is not over and 64K was not the top. As always, you've got the, the chapters below. If you wanted to just jump into one of those stories, please feel free and do that to skip the other stories if that's what you want to do. So don't forget, we love when you thumbs up. If you hit that and smash the like button, that really helps us out. We really want to get this show in front of as many people as possible and share the story of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash with the world. So please smash that thumbs up button for us. That really helps us out. Right now, we're going to do something new, which is a little bit of a price overview. Um, we're going to use markets.bitcoin.com and we're just going to look at where the, uh, the prices are for the week. Okay, as you can see, we have a $1.80 trillion market cap here for all the cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is sitting at $46,439. Um, there were some ups and downs this week, obviously, with news on regulation and, and the um, infrastructure bill passing. That obviously affected people's sentiment, but overall very bullish, definitely um, it's it's gone up and up uh, since the um, since a more more bear market happened a, a couple of weeks ago. Ethereum three thousand two hundred twenty dollars. That's obviously hugely up since the London hard fork, which occurred last week. Cardano there with um, a market cap of three point one six billion. Um, Binance Coin XRP, as you can see, lots of green, lots of positivity and a very positive sentiment overall. Bitcoin Cash sitting at $627.32 um, and a market cap of 11 billion, just, just shy of 12 billion there. So some very positive and bullish sentiment overall when it comes to prices. So just wanted to touch on that. If you enjoy that, do let us know in the comments, trying to, trying to do something a little bit different with the show and make it as informative about the week's events as possible. So let's talk about our first story, which is the Poly Network hacked for more than $600 million. Okay, I think it was $611 million, making it one of the largest hacks, um, definitely the largest DeFi hack, but even one of the largest general hacks in the crypto space in history. Um, according to a report published by Chain Analysis, the hacker made off with 11 different types of cryptocurrencies plus various BEP20 tokens. Poly was quick to address its user base, noting in an initial tweet, we are sorry to announce 
that the Poly network was attacked uh, on the Binance chain, Ethereum and Polygon. What's really interesting about this is the kind of set of events that followed the hack. Um, and the, the user ads has actually, as of today, August 13th, has returned all the funds. So all $611 million minus some frozen tether um, was returned. So an initial attempt by Poly, the Poly network, to contact the hacker was made. And this is not a joke. Writing a, the, a politely worded letter posted on Twitter. We'll throw it up on the screen now. Um, the letter opened with Dear Hacker and stated in part, law enforcement in any country will regard this as a major crime and you will be pursued. The funny thing about this letter is that it was there was grammar mistakes. It was um, seemingly, I mean, it almost looks like an inside job because of how poorly the letter was written. Um, the hacker... Um, kind of began trolling. He began trolling the Poly Network team and leaving transaction messages viewable on Etherscan. Um, the hacker said he didn't really care about the money and it would, it could have been a billion dollar hack if he cared to move the shit coins. So what got the hacker talking? Why did he return funds? And this is a, this is kind of a topic of debate because actually, um, the day after the attack, it was found the security company Slowmist published information about the perpetrator, tying them to a small, lesser known exchange and revealing it held details about the hacker's IP address and email. Chain analysis would later confirm some of these findings. So after that, the um, hacker began to communicate with the poly team and started, um, there was another white hat hacker that actually got involved and set up a multi-sig address controlled by Poly, by the Poly network. And soon after, 1 million USDC tokens were returned to the Poly network, which set off a chain of events. And the hacker began to slowly return all the various different cryptocurrencies and USDC that he had, um, had hacked. So communication have, have, had continued, chain analysis had released a graphic detailing on how the hacker got started with the exploit. And it was a very smart and elegant um, exploit. It just was very beautiful. And uh, there's a lot of people on Twitter that have written about this, technical ex experts and coders and developers that have said the exploit itself was, was, was beautifully done. So clearly someone very smart. However, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by not really, by almost doxing themselves, by not really having their side of their, their security um, tightly managed. So did that cause the hacker to say, you know what, I have no choice but to return the funds because this is a huge amount of money and you know, there is a breadcrumb, a breadcrumb trail here that leads directly to me. So, is that the reason they returned funds? Or as they stated, is this, was it never about the money? Or was it um, just to teach the Poly Network and potentially other DeFi platforms, hey, you need to tighten up on your security. There is a lot of money at stake here. So yeah, as, the hack, as I said, the hacker said they had mixed feelings upon spotting the exploit and they were doing this for fun. Um, they further explained that the Poly Network is a decent system. 
So all funds have been returned, a happy ending. What do you think about this story? Is this a lesson or do you think he got caught and was just like, I got to return the funds because I'm in deep trouble here. As always, we love to hear your thoughts and comments, so post them in the section below. In our next story, we talk about the controversial $1.2 trillion US infrastructure bill, which has passed the Senate and moved on to the House of Representatives. This was just a frustrating ton of events where we saw senators standing up for the cryptocurrency, senators like Ted Cruz, who none of us ever would have thought Ted Cruz would be so voraciously outspoken in support of cryptocurrencies and the innovation it, 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 it fosters in the United States. It was, it was very inspiring to see that actually, despite our impression of politicians and regulators um, and, and lawmakers, there were some people that did understand that crypto is doing something really special and that was inspiring. Equally uninspiring, there were 87-year-old senators who were pol politicking, right? They were pushing their own agenda and they don't. And it was a blatant disregard for the crypto industry, destroying billions of dollars in revenue, in taxes and, and jobs. Um, if this thing does you know, does pass through the House of Representatives and become law and become implemented, then that is something we'll all look forward to, um, a lot of innovation leaving the US. Anyway, so the legislation is very hotly debated among the crypto community, thanks mainly due to its attempt to extract more tax revenue from crypto users. Um, and so you've got this massive 2,070 page document, which is the bill itself, and a loose definition of what, I don't know why I did that, but I mean it's actually a very loose definition of what constitutes a digital asset broker. So it's any person who, for consideration, is responsible for regularly providing any service effectuating transfers of digital assets on behalf of another person. The issue is this could include virtually any kind of participant in the industry, whether they're a miner, a validator, a node operator, um, software developers, making it virtually impossible for them to report on their tax obligations. Two opposing teams of senators tried to amend the bill, one with um, one group pushing to give favorable treatment to proof of work consensus mechanisms, and the other team decrying this arbitrary treatment as unfair. So we had the, the Loomis to me widen amendment, um, which excluded validators, excluded um, develop, developers, anyone selling hardware or software, um, generally speaking, anyone that isn't a crypto exchange. And then the Portman Warner amendment, um, which favored proof of work consensus um, algorithm based um, mining uh, uh, blockchains. So eventually a compromise amendment was put forth, but it was struck down by a 70, uh, sorry, an 87 year old senator in his last term, Senator Richard Shelby from Alabama voting no, because he would have voted yes if a $50 billion amendment was put in place in, in, in terms of military spending. 
Um, so this was a case of not getting support for his own amendment. So he was the only senator to block the amendment changes put forth. And now it's passed. It's your typical political situation. So the situation would come full circle with the bill being approved by a 69-30 vote and the troublesome broker definition unamended and still in place. Senate approval of the bill in spite of the massive pushback in spite of the massive pushback has politicians, leader, crypto exchanges, miners, app developers and individual crypto asset holders sounding off on the matter. Huge um, amount, the, I can't express the, the, the crypto community, really rallied on Twitter, it was very inspiring. Republican Senator Ted Cruz, as I said, um, will play some, some clips from what he said. Uh, you know, Bismarck said many years ago that there are two things you don't want to see being made, sausage and legislation. And when it comes to particularly ugly legislation, this component, the regulation of cryptocurrency, may take the prize for the ugliest we have seen. In the United States of cryptocurrency, whether Bitcoin or otherwise, that are generating jobs, entrepreneurs who are creating new values, new hedges against inflation, new opportunities, and it is fast moving. It is dynamic. And this infrastructure bill, a bill being sold to the American people as let's build some roads and bridges, has one little portion in there designed to obliterate cryptocurrency. Now, I fully understand that there are some bureaucrats at the Treasury Department who have never seen anything they don't want to regulate the life out of. But if the underlying language in this so-called infrastructure bill becomes law, we will be destroying billions of dollars versus worth of industry in the United States. We will be destroying jobs in the United States. Many of those jobs are in my home state of Texas. And we will be sending them overseas. Listen, it isn't complicated. Cryptocurrency isn't tied to any particular piece of dirt. So the grand efforts of the United States Senate will be to say, we don't want those jobs in America. We don't want those resources in America. Go somewhere else. Very, very impassioned speech by Ted Cruz um, in regards to um, supporting innovation and supporting the great work that many crypto companies are doing. Um, it, was, it was very inspiring to see some, you know, a senator understand what crypto can do and, and where it is going. Um, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong weighed in on the controversial Warner Amendment favoring proof of work, saying, we will see further development of blockchain technology more move offshore to countries like China that are currently embracing it. Um, there was also some really inspiring comments by a, a Republican Senator Mike Lee. He said, if what you're going to do is take away that value by requiring that all of it be registered and publicly disclosed by giving the federal government the ability to peer into it, you're going to stifle innovation, you're going to make a lot of people upset, and you're going to make Americans poorer. What you will get is a massive shift of innovation away from the US and into other countries. As always, let us know what you think about this story. Do you think it's a good thing the bill was passed? If you're watching this video, it's unlikely, but we do love to hear your opinion. Um, what do you think is going to happen next? It, this story is not finished yet. We go to the House of Representatives, and I feel like that is where the real debate and, and the, real, um, the, the, the real fight has to happen. So post your comments. I'd love to hear those. 
So in our next story, SEC chairman says Satoshi Nakamoto innovation is real. So the US Securities and Exchange Commission chairman Gary Gensler raised some eyebrows in the crypto space by saying that the pseudonymous Bitcoin inventor Satoshi Nakamoto's innovation is real and the crypto regulatory rules are clear. I've definitely noticed a pattern of Gensler being more outspoken. I've seen videos of his on Twitter and Gensler outlined his plans for regulation in the crypto space at the virtual 2020 Aspen Security Forum, giving high praise to Nakamoto and saying, quote, his innovation spurred the development of crypto assets and the underlying blockchain technology. So Gensler harkened back to his old days as, professor, as a professor at MIT, where he lectured on crypto, Bitcoin and blockchain. So clearly he's knowledgeable about the, the technology. Um, although he thought that there was a lot of hype surrounding the topic, um, he believes Nakamoto's innovation is very real. Um, he also added that Bitcoin has been and could continue to be a catalyst for change in the fields of finance and money. Um, one thing put in here by our wonderful editor Graham is that um, he also stated that crypto is highly speculative and has not been frequently uh, used frequently as a unit of account. Well, obviously, Gary hasn't been to many Bitcoin Cash meetups where um, transactions are uh, ten, tenths of a penny, tenths of a cent, and uh, are used very, very regularly and easily. So um, Gensler said, we also haven't seen crypto used much as a medium of exchange. Um, to the extent that is used as such, it is often to skirt our laws with respect to anti-money laundering, sanctions and tax collection. It can also enable extortion via ransomware, as we recently saw with the Colonial Pipeline. Um, though the chairman maintains he is technology neutral, he says he, he's not neutral at all when it comes to um, public policy regarding crypto, citing investor and consumer protection and financial stability. Gensler says the crypto rules are clear, referring to tests used to determine if a crypto asset is a security. Um, and then uh, Ripple CEO, Brad Garlinghouse, he's currently being sued by Gensler's SEC, um, said, to say that we have certainty, that we have clarity, is like the alcoholic saying, I don't have a problem. What are your thoughts on Gensler's praise of Nakamoto? Post in the comment section below. Clearly, he's someone that knows a lot about cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology, being a former professor at MIT. Um, and he says this is all for your protection, the consumer's protection. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Post a comment in the section below. We read all of those. So definitely go ahead and do that. And if you think Satoshi Nakamoto did create something great and you want to store and spend your cryptocurrency without central banks and regulators getting involved, don't forget to check out the Bitcoin.com wallet where you can spend, you can transfer, you can store and you can do lots of great things. And remember, the keys are in your control, so you are not going to get um, hacked um, unless you, you make some security errors yourself, but you own your keys, it belongs to you. And that's the very, very important point um, about the Bitcoin.com wallet is that it's, it's within your control. For our final story today, let's take a break from regulators, infrastructure bills and DeFi hacks. And let's talk about the stock to flow model. Let's talk about Bitcoin prices and a return of the bull run. So 
Stock to flow creator plan B has stated the bull run is not over and 64K was not the top. So on August 7th, popular Bitcoin analyst and stock to flow price model creator plan B confirmed, reconfirmed their July forecast that the bull run is not over. Though prices have cooled off a little bit at the time of filming, um, not really, they've definitely rise back up again. Crypto has been on a tear with um, BTC, as we saw at the start of this show, um, well above the mid 40s. Um, BCH hitting 650, um, 620 plus, and Ethereum staying well above 3000. Um, marks a big week of gains. Incognito analyst Plan B has been documenting his stock to flow price model since March 2019 and is oft and it is often cited as a metric by those in the crypto community. Plan B has also updated his model creating the stock to flow cross asset model or STFX. The basic premise of the model is simple because Bitcoin is scarce Bitcoin being the stock in this case and has a low issuance rate flow, the price should follow an upwards trend as demand for the limited asset continues and grows. That's, you know, stock to flow model. You can also apply it to things like gold as well. Um, gold is scarce, right? Um, and has a low issuance rate flow because they mine gold and therefore, you know, there isn't a whole bunch of it. So there isn't a whole lot going into circulation again. Um, Again, it's an interesting comment for you post in the section below. What do you think is more scarce, Bitcoin or gold? So um, on June 1st, Bitcoin.com News first reported on Plan B's comparison of the year's bull run to the bull run of 2013, where the BTC price experienced a double top. Later on August 1st, Plan B would note that Bitcoin's realized capitalization, the average price at which all Bitcoin in circulation were last transacted, was rising and things were looking bullish. Then last week on August 7th, Plan B tweeted just to reconfirm the message from last month and the message being the bull run isn't over. The reference tweet on screen now reads, my on-chain data tells me the bull run is not over and 64K was not the top. Um, so, you know, very exciting stuff. Like even despite the regulation, Gary Gensler and the infrastructure bill um, and hacks, crypto community is still very bullish and the broader community is still very bullish that this um, massive run which started late last year is not over. What do you think? What's the final price going to be for Bitcoin this year? Post your comments in the section below and as always guys please smash that thumbs up. It really helps us out. We want to get this show in front of as many people as possible. Will the bull run continue? That's our question for you today. And I will see you guys very, very soon um, next week. So take care.